of the rings podcast podcast of the rings <laughs> take that again no, leave geez. it in leave it in oh, it's in okay all right it's all in right. i just feel like if this is the first time someone's listening to our show they're going to be like who what huh and oh. I, you know what to be fair anytime anyone's listening to our show even if they know who i am they're like yep that's just classic jessica honestly like, you should do it again but still leave the first one in i think like best of both worlds i think i think so you mean like Leave all this in, still do it again. Okay, Absolutely. Great. All right. Hello and welcome to Podcast of the Rings. I'm Jessica Linverdi, your impeccable host. I am joined as ever by Alexander Mitchell, who is our resident Tolkien expert who scoffs and winces at the name. And we have the ever charming, total big bro to everybody, Ben Goddard. Hi, Ben. Hey, everybody. I'm um, happy to be you here again. What? You are actually you're like big bro, but also you're like little bro. Mm-hmm. I, I it's a good mixture. It's a good mixture for sure. Yeah, you you can you roast me like no other, which endears me to you, <laughs> which doesn't say much about my self esteem, honestly. There's like times when I look at Alex and I'm like, how come you're not more mean to me? And I was like, oh, this is like when it's actually a healthy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for not being mean. I, I don't know. Yeah, Alex. Gosh. Uh, think I'm dumb for saying fine things that are normal, please. But red like, flag. I know. Literally, the first time Ben and I played Fortnite together, uh, he roasted me so hard for a dumb pun that I couldn't pop off. And I was like, yeah, this guy's my friend now. <laughs> I know. What was the dumb one that I made while we were watching I, the rest of I, this movie today? Oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, it you don't was remember a, the one that Thorin, I did? A Thorin in our side or something like that? That oh, was that one of them. Oh, that one's pretty good. That Thorin in our side is pretty good. No, the one we were doing, it was, oh, I don't remember what, what happened during the stream, but um, Alex and I were watching the rest of the film, and Azog has this that, you know, basically Batleth in his arm. Uh, and I said, oh, I get it. It's not Thorin Oakenshield. Thorin Oakenshield's going up against... Uh, Azog's sword and arm because it's like the same thing it's like his shield it's like it's it's parallel it's not a, it's not a pun it's just more an observation and I'm I'm just trying to prove that I'm really smart and clever no his last name should be sword and arm like what it what <laughs> it is Thorin's actual last name I'm really curious of like Alex do you know like does do does dwarves have, have last names they don't it's just Thorin son of Thrain okay got it oh. yeah so I, I, I guess, guess that is like Thrainson because like Greenson. Legolas Greenleaf, that's like his his last name Greenleaf, right? Or is that just like I think that might a, just be an epithet. a recognizer of like where he's from. Yeah, I think that might just be an epithet. I think he's just Prince Legolas. Uh, yeah, the, the hobbits Thrindle. have last names, you know, Baggins and Took and yeah. Brandybuck and Proudfoot. I think because they they're not as con- well, they are concerned with genealogies, but it's a different different culture. Yeah, uh, but elves do have many names multiple names they have like a name that they receive in childhood and then they have a name when they mature so there are like different oh, ways to right. identify them uh, and they can go by many different names so that makes sense that makes sense but so, yeah like thorin's all special like oh god we get it you have a last name bro Oakenshield. jesus <laughs> <laughs> but he's not some lowly uh dwarf lord let's not forget 
as he reminds us in this movie. He's uh, he's not some he really man he we hate him we hate him but but there's so much to talk about. Uh, first things first. Go let's because I thought about this on Friday and it is Sunday (laughs) and I was like I need to remember this and I remembered it yesterday and I remembered it driving home today Uh, and Alex. I mm-hmm. do not care if the movie itself says that it took, you know, Feely and Keeley a few days to get to Erebor from okay. the destroyed lake town. Okay. It takes the humans one day to get to Dale. Yes. Yeah. Because so that is a movie mistake, and I stand by it that in one day, Thorin goes completely mad. I agree 100% that this movie plays fast and loose with time in many different ways, on many different That's scales. That's bad, though. But, but the cool action, though. No, no. We, we needed that Dale siege sequence. Yeah, I'm really curious of how you're going to walk. Like, Alex has done so good at, like, keeping us on track of, like, where the movie is and everything. I was a mess watching this. Yeah, how are you going to do today when it is just the last 90 minutes is just insanity? I I am going full-on Charlie Day, Pepe Silvia with my notes. (laughs) They are a mess. I just had to quickly type up while we're watching the movie, like, and I don't know what's going to happen as we go through this. They're jumping around all over the place because it's not just one battle of five armies. There's, like, three different locations and set pieces. And people meeting up at different locations. It's, oh my God, And then armies fully disappearing for the last (laughs) half of the battle. Yeah. It's, you know, I would like to put on the table that maybe Alfred himself is one of the armies. (laughs) (laughs) He's really fighting a battle within you guys. Oh my gosh. Like, like. What if one of the armies is the the women and old people? (laughs) Can we talk about the biggest choke job that is Alfred where, Alfred, you did it. You were out the door. And I will say, I said this, I said this last week. In the theatrical cut, I'll, I'll spoil this right now. In the theatrical theatrical cut, Alfred just leaves when he does like the the gold coins in the bustier, and he's like, uh, "Bane, you could or Bard, you could have had it all." He just walks off screen and he's gone. There is no comeuppance. There's no retribution. There's nothing. He is he is scot free in the theatrical cut. Do we think? Because and this is going to be something that we return. Wait, to. he's scot free in the theatrical cut. Yeah, that's the I'm last sorry, moment. Alex. There's no, uh, there's no uh, Gandalf dodging the troll coin on the catapult scene, and that's what I want to talk about. The biggest throw of all time is that you walk off screen and you go hide in a catapult. Yeah, like, like what? What is he thinking? But I don't know. And that's the thing is that even in the extended cut, that's like the least satisfying like death for like an antagonist that you could have. It's actually but, embarrassing. But yeah, Jess, like watching this in theaters, I could not believe after a movie and a half of this man just being the <laughs> absolute worst. And I know we said like last week and the week before we were going to not rag on Alfred anymore, but I just have to Did say this say one that? thing. I just I just feel bad because I don't want to think like people think I'm like bagging on the actor. He it's did an amazing actor. job because we hate him so much. Yeah. Um, but after a movie and a half, after I don't know, three hours of screen time, he just walks <laughs> off screen. Yeah. And he's gone. And that's it. They that's never so show sad. him again after Bard's like, oh, I have my family. I've won the day as everyone's just dead around him. 
uh, and that's it. And he's like, oh, you could have been master of Lake Town. Anyways, I'm going to take my uh, boob coins and walk away. And and hide my slip that's showing. Yeah, that's that's say, the Alex? comeuppance is him saying your slip is showing. That's, that's so, so, and that's actually not funny, but it's on. not at all. My my thought with why they cut this, obviously time and okay, where are we going to trim the fat? But also, there's so much that I feel like they had to cut out because this is rated R. Yes, the extended cut which we'll get to many things why it's rated R. I'm wondering if the, if this was a scene they cut because it was too graphic <laughs> to show a man being shoved into a troll's throat. Well, it's, um, it's weird that they would cut that when one, it's a like a it's a comeuppance for like an antagonist. And two, they still have, you know, the scene where uh, Thranduil uh, impales five orcs at one time and decapitates them all at once. Yeah. Which is awesome, by the way. I will say that's one of the when they're, best when they're moments on the of the battle. Antlers. Yeah, when he like elks five orcs at one time and just goes shink, and they show the decapitation. Like, I we we need and and I think I, if I go back and rewatch this, which is a big if because it's a lot. Uh, it a lot. I need to do a decapitation counter. There are so many decapitations yes. in this movie. I mean, we already had one in the first half or maybe two i think at least the one in in uh lake town with legolas there are so many decapitations at one point legolas decapitates i think like 24 orcs uh, at uh, once uh, it's got to be a, uh, it's got to be 100 cuz i've seen a line of two kids standing side by side that looks like 50 kids by 50 kids i'm not saying so, he decapitates children i'm just saying it's a long line we'll we'll get to the specific sequence but while we're on the topic of rated r and gore there's a sequence where Legolas is hanging upside down and flying on a bat, hanging from a bat, and he, he just, with two knives, just fuh, 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 decapitates or slits the throats of, like, so many orcs. And I, I don't yep. know, because it's been years since I've seen the theatrical cut. This is my first time watching the extended version of this. I don't know. I'm sure that that's cut out of the theatrical version. It is. So, that's it's not in so there. graphic. And- and neither is the one where they're in like the battle wagon and they launch yeah. and like all the trolls are in the line and it just goes yeah. shink. Like, and all it, it's what? so extra bloody. It's crazy. The goat. Well, I don't want to see the goat or the or the elk or the pig get killed. Like those are killing. Oh me. yeah, the rams when they get taken out by the wolves. Like literally are, squished cr- against the rocks. It's awful. Like, no, like they. And that's the thing about when we've talked so much in every movie about the Lord of the Rings tone versus the Hobbit tone, like book Hobbit tone that they're going for. And especially in this movie, we talked about in the first half, you know, when Alfred like they're doing like this D-Day type sequence and then you have Alfred yelling, woe is me. And then the mob thing with like, again, Alfred being like, oh, what do you think of the children? Like these tones keep clashing. And so finally, when you get to the true horrors of this battle that we have, like, I think the closest we've gotten is maybe in Return of the King when they launch the the heads of the Gondorian soldiers, like release the prisoners. And you're like, they have prisoners and you see what the prisoners are. And that's like a really serious moment. But at that point, they're going all in. All hope is lost. The music's going. The score is swelling. But this one, it keeps going back and forth of like. Oh, this is fun, lighthearted tone to like the most gruesome, like 
medieval violence, like well, Game of Thrones violence we've ever seen. And I think the reason it feels um, to me a hollow and be uh, gratuitous is because when we do get those moments of violence and those moments of, of gore and horror in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, they feel a earned and B there. There's such a stark contrast when you get like the heads flung over the wall. It's like you take them seriously also because they're not CG. Um, yeah. They have a little bit more believability to them. Uh, but when it's just cartoonish like it is in this movie, it takes away some of the horror and seri- seriousness of war. You're just watching it going, oh, cool. They just like they just decapitated these guys. Not like, oh, wow, this is gruesome. It just seems over the top. And jumping ahead, there's a my favorite scene in this movie is just bilbo and gandalf sitting yeah i had that note sit, too yeah sitting with what they've just experienced wordless gandalf just cleaning his pipe bilbo just staring um and that doesn't fit with oh hey we're flying in a chariot and decapitating trolls and oh you know uh Bofer's laughing as he's uh, piloting this troll thing that's horrific yeah, the um, blind, tortured troll that has gotten its hands cut off and replaced with sharp, like, mallet objects. Like, it's... It's actually it, so upsetting to me. It Like, it's... It is... I've only watched the extended cut, like, three times, maybe. And, like, that's that's stretching it. Maybe two times. Um, and so even seeing this, like, you know, I've always said, like, the the... Obviously, the cliffhanger worked. Box office wise, it got people back in the seats with like, hey, Smog's not dead. You got to come back to see the third one. But then they're just like, oh, wow, I guess we have to make this two and a half hours because we're a Middle Earth movie. So how are we going to do that? And it's just violence. It is just like, yeah. And even like, you know, we're going to start right when Dane, uh, Dane Ironfoot shows up and in the theatrical cut, Jess before they fight, he goes, oh, would you mind sodding off? And he's like, oh, let's give these pointy-eared bastards, like, some 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 guff. And then the werewolves show up, and they never fight each other. And that's the theatrical cut. And then it's all, uh, you know, Last Alliance type stuff, where it's all good guys versus bad guys. In this one, and it really, like, bothered me, because in Helm's Deep, like, in, we got the little bit of the Last Alliance and then you really feel it in Two Towers when you see, like, the dead marches and you see these, like, beautiful silhouettes of elves, elvish corpses and, and men corpses in the dead marshes. And then I remember even, like, watching Two Towers in theaters, the first time an Urukai shoots his crossbow and it hits an elf, you're like, oh, that's an immortal being leaving this world. Like, they were on their way to the shores and Elrond's like, you guys have to fight one more fight and they don't get to go to the gray havens. They don't get to go to the, the everlasting light. And like, it really hurt. Like, I'm, I'm sure I'm being overdramatic, but like, even as like one of that 2001, so I was 15, 14 at the time. I was like, Oh man, that's so, that's so sad. And in this where the elves and the dwarves start fighting, it feels like so overblown. Like it's a cool thing when they, you know, elves shoot the arrows, dwarves have like catapults with the spinny things that block the arrows. But then the spinny things hit and like 85, 100 elves just 
die right there. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. they're, they're treating, I don't like this. They're treating the elves and the dwarves. And I think this has to do, again, with the CGI nature of this, is they're treating them in terms of the production like they were treating the Urukai army in Helm's Deep, where you had them using um, computer uh, AI to just mm-hmm. animate these orcs. And it's just nameless, faceless masses. And that's how I felt watching the dwarves and the elves because they were CG and that's how they were sort of portraying it is just these hordes of people coming at each other. And I get they want to show the scale of this battle and make it epic, but you lose that personal connection, as you said, when you see a shot of an elf getting hit or something and you go, oh, you just see hordes of CG elves and dwarves battling and it feels like a video game in not a good way yeah it's Uh, like those like i I always see those simulations where it's like oh we're gonna make one chuck norris first you know a thousand (laughs) walking dead things and like those are fun to watch but like i don't want to see 90 minutes of that on the big screen with my favorite fantasy world and and i guess that's well i I know we have to kind of go step by step and so i guess we are kind of going from the start of where we left off last week but um I actually, it doesn't bother me to see them go up against it against each other because the tension has been building between all of them. I I think the story payoff for it is better. But then there was a time where I don't even think Thorin had achieved where um, Azog was, and I asked Alex like, "How much more of this movie is left?" So yeah. it's it's one thing to see some really intense battles and, and like interesting formations and stuff that like kind of breaks your heart, seeing the dwarves and the elves go up against each other, which by the way, they do hate each other and they hate, they've hated each other for some time. It's, it's kind of sad to see it, but it, it worked for me mm-hmm. at a certain point. I was done. <laughs> I was like, I get it. There's two sides of the, uh, el- you know, orcs let that, ju- let it just happen. That's kind of where it became too much for me and overkill. Literally. Yeah, we we add one to the army count because we do have two orc armies. And we've known about the one for a while. Uh, and they just draw that out so much. So yeah, the the I I totally empathize with you when you asked me, yeah, how much more is left? Because it's like, oh, we're just getting started. Um Yeah, it's just, it's after a while, it's just sensory overload. Yeah, that's really describe I think that's in a nutshell the second half of this movie. Um, so let's, let's dive right into the blow by blow because there's, there's a lot to get through here. Um, you already mentioned the twirly whirlies. And my first question with this was after that first volley that gets blocked by these twirling ballista that just smash the arrows out of the air. Why don't the elves just shoot not in that big arc? Um, and also why, why, if they're going to include the wereworms, which we, we get to see the tunnels, um, shortly after that, when the orc armies enter, uh, after we have this elf dwarf confrontation, um, they hear the wereworms, uh, which are mentioned in the Hobbit book as kind of an aside. They're not mentioned specifically in the Battle of the Five Armies. But why don't they have the wereworms fight? They're going to put them here. Yeah, a lot of like the military strategy of this, like we'll, we're, we're about to get to it since the wereworms show up, but just like. Yeah, they they literally just like, all right, we we ate our earth. Bye. Yeah, maybe <laughs> like, okay. they just they were full. All, all you know, it took all their stomach to to bore through the earth and it's like, "Oh, we're full. We're going to go sleep." Yeah, you know, maybe they're maybe they're the eagles of the underground. They're just like, "Oh, we'll get you here, but we're not part of this war, so we're out." You know, you never know. It's a good band name, the Eagles of the Underground. 
Oh, that is good. That is yeah. good. Gonna have to write that one down. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we we get the the goblins coming in or the orcs coming in, and the elf. Well, the elves don't at first, but the dwarves go. Okay, here's the greater threat. So we don't get the whole Gandalf kind of parlaying with everybody like we do in the book. Mm. But the dwarves run up. They form a, an amazing shield wall, put their pikes out, and are ready to take on the charge. But Thranduil, he's like, no, we're not. We're not going to fight the orcs. And then we get the shot of the orcs about to hit the dwarf line. And then the elves do the stupidest thing ever. Dumbest they, thing ever. They vault over top of the shield wall of the dwarves, which is meant to protect and take on an incoming charge. Uh, and they vault over over the shield wall so they can just be completely exposed to this orc charge. <laughs> okay, now I'm wondering, because it is possibly, um, besides uh, the Game of Thrones, uh, you know, battle, uh, the long night battle, where they have the catapults in front of the cavalry, and then the cavalry goes out and charges, and they all die. It, that's terrible, too. But, like, I'm wondering, because in Two Towers... If Gimli doesn't jump off the wall after it explodes, there's 150 elf archers just waiting for the Urukai to slowly come in that one thing. And they're like, well, they'll probably pick him off for quite a while and, you know, stack the corpses up and maybe slow the tide. But Gimli has to jump down and then they have to charge into that pike wall. So I'm wondering if Peter Jackson was like, okay, Gimli ruined that. Do I have, okay, let me pay back and make the elves ruin the dwarves like defenses. Could it, sure. you literally just showed and you know, the, the one elf we know, Legolas is an archer. You literally just showed, you know, with the cool, like the, the elf formation with them, you know, like falling back and sliding in, you know, between each other's really cool. And you show that their archers have elves sit behind the shield wall and just fire arrows. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. that easy. Even if you fire two volleys, that's like a thousand dead orcs. That's yep. it. Like, and you've turned the tide of the battle. But no, it like, again, I've said, I, you know, uh, put a, put a, you know, take a drink for every time I say in a vacuum, in a vacuum, <laughs> it's a really cool <laughs> shot, but you take half a second to think about it and it makes no sense. I, right. It, the only explanation I can think of, I mean, at least based on, what the characterization of Thranduil in this film, he's arrogant, he thinks he's better than everybody, but he's also like non-interventionist and wants to be isolationist. So for whatever reason in this moment, he says, I'm not going to be, but he has to prove he's like better than the dwarves still. He's like, all right, we'll help out, but we have to show we're better. We're going to get first blood on the orcs. We're going to jump over and take them out first. So we can say that we did that. So when historians write about this, will be written, our name Which, will be way, higher in the list than the dwarves. They didn't, because basically the narrator was like, and then the battle ensued. But, so like there was yeah. no historical right. piece of information. But then what's worse is, after the elves jump over, then the dwarves are like, let's charge with our long spears exactly where the elves went. <laughs> so yeah. they're charging their long spears indiscriminately toward them which i guess it tracks if we get to see them fighting each other because they're probably still a little po'd but it's very odd and that to be fair though just like the slightly bittest amount of fair it there's some really cool fight looking things like yes there's still some overwhelmingly um grand visuals that you hadn't seen yet them do and and i know that probably they're sitting in you know, the writer's room going, how do we make this 
even more exciting than it was. Yeah. Let, all right, we we got to brainstorm. Come up with fifteen action set pieces, yeah, and they're all good. going in. <laughs> Uh, but like I if did, you if even if you take those like big ballista things like have the dwarves fire them into the the orc crowd like fire yeah. I don't know there are cool things you could do besides like the worst battle strategy for someone like me that knows nothing about military strategy I'd be like why are you jumping over that That's yeah a pretty solid totally. pretty solid wall there <laughs> war one hundred one bows and arrows war so. one hundred one is stay behind the shield yeah <laughs> no but Everybody we also have that. shields. You guys. <laughs> yeah right our shields yeah. are better they're they're elf make so we trust and, and them when, over the dwarf make and when thranduil was like we've lost too many i was like whose fault is that bro <laughs> right yeah <laughs> you know, you... <laughs> like don't jump in front of the orcs then dude uh, yeah like you, you said like the whole movie it's been about him protecting his people um and then the first thing he does is like ah yeah just jump over just like <laughs> just like freaking suicide charge into the, the oncoming yeah. just giant army of orcs that's that by the way like i don't know the decision to make these orcs like urukai type orcs like they're big orcs they're because, big like, you know, they're big we, orcs for sure like they're they are big armor clad orcs because you know they didn't need to be goblins from goblin town like from the misty mountains of where they're just like you know easily mowed down but like the Mordor orcs we've gotten in Lord of the Rings, like they made them specifically small and like weaselly, but like, you know, there's the one that like he's, you know, jumping off the walls, like the one in um Kirith Ungol, where he's like drop kicking people and like, oh, like he's scrappy, like he can fight, but he's smaller. But like this orc army, especially with the amount of like, you know, there's like 50 people from Lake Town alive. And then, you know, we see slowly the dwarves get decimated and the elves like literally quit in the fight. I'm like, no one would like you are losing this battle. Like when they when they shift the orcs to Lake Town, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't know how people get around the army to get like the, the geography of this battle. Right. Alex, we'll, we'll get into it. But it's just like it's it's confusing. so you did this wrong. I'm I'm already here. I bought my ticket. I'm here for <laughs> Battle of the Five Armies. But just that first thing, military strategy, that's a nitpick. But now I'm just like, okay, they're right in front of the door of Erebor. And the, the other mountain range that they came out was like behind everybody. How do the men of Lake Town get back to Dale without running it? I don't know. Like just the geography of this battle was so confusing to me. Funny I that think... you should say geography, because then when the male, men do get, when the people get to Dale, they're like, oh, I really remember the city that I've never lived in. Go where your children were in the market. That is like... yeah. the best moment of this movie. He's like, where's my children? And then like someone runs by the, to the right. It's like, oh, I think they're in the market. And then like someone they runs keep by. Track of They've somebody. just taken over the market. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's Stone <laughs> Street. We know exactly. I'm waiting for a newsie to go by. Extra, extra! Orcs take over the market. It's, it it's all insane. happens so fast. It but all like, happens so fast. It's so good. It's so, so like good. no what no way seven people know where Bard's kids are, and no way does a whole town that's ne unless they have monthly vigils on what Dale used to be, they would have right. no clue. Yeah, like how many of these people city. have been there before? Ne never, right? Never. They, they, they're they lucky if their grandpappy survived to begin with. 
They've all yeah. been like, they're like townians. They wouldn't even know a Stone Street existed. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I'll give them this. This is the biggest stretch. I'm about to pull my hamstring. But the two people <laughs> that do yell out like that, oh, they're in the market. Oh, they've taken over the market. Maybe they were like children in Dale because they are two older people. And it's been, what, 60 years since the smog took over? Dude, you might want to ice your leg. Yeah, I, it, it's, trust me, I, I'm cramping up right now. I think but it's that's been the only explanation you can give is that like Maybe. they were literally the only survivors of the desolation of smog. I'll, I'll have that's to totally check fair. the dates. I think it's been a, a, a longer than average, uh, longer than an average human lifespan. But I could be wrong on that. Because oh, well, like dwarves don't live like long. too long. They live like to a hundred something like that. And I they don't can, think they, no, they can live to be hundreds of years old. You mean so they I don't can? Know exactly okay. how oh, Doran, dwarves can, yeah. Is, okay, but, gotcha, gotcha. But maybe they're Numenorian. Who knew? Like, Who knew? They're just, they're they got just a little a... bit of that Numenorian blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, sort I of do, great men. I do really enjoy with the Dale stuff, though. The, the one thing I did enjoy was the, uh, even though it breaks all laws of physics and is, 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 a bridge too far it's still very funny and cool is the the headbutt troll it's so great it's like it you know saruman it was like this impenetrable fortress helms deep how's he gonna break in Ooh, he's gonna like make black powder something that no one really has messed with he's gonna create mm. this alchemical invention that takes ingenuity and then you get this cool sequence how are they gonna get into dale they're just gonna have a troll hit the wall just with a thing on his head yeah, like something has been welded onto his head, and that's his only thing. I don't think we see that kind of troll again ever. He died. Yeah, he's just <laughs> dead. He had one job, and he did it well. He but did that's it what well. I'm saying I'm empathizing with uh, with creatures I never thought I would empathize for with, and when I saw the one with his eyes being gouged out in order to have leads on him, it was horrendous. Move over, yeah. Rings of Power. You wanted us to empathize with the orcs because yeah, they're children of Iluvatar. Exactly. The Hobbit trilogy got there first, making yep. us empathize with trolls, with things just, you know, against their will welded onto their heads. And you have to go do this thing. Oh, but I don't yeah, want it. Like, well, but it's there's your like job. There's like five or six different type of trolls in this. So, yeah. so there's there's the headbutt troll. There's the the dad bod troll um, that like um, – <laughs> That uh, is the one that Bard launches himself off and stabs. There's the eye gouge troll that uh, Boffer is riding. And then the there's troll. the yeah, there's the combat troll, the armor troll. And then I feel like the one that Alfred gets eaten by or catapulted into is a different kind of troll as well. Similar to the one. Bard yeah, it's gets. similar to the dad bod yeah. troll, but like he like he's like buffer. Like there, he, so yeah. these were the war beasts. That he that when Azog like had one of the like one of the signals he gets is release the war beasts. So the war beasts are these giant trolls that are clearly um, malformed trolls because like yeah. the one I think that is that eats Alfred is like has like one half small baby arm. Yeah. Like so, Alex was trying to make the argument that the troll that has its eyes gouged out was just a duplication, but not the same troll that Boffer was riding that knocked down the tower that Legolas was on, it's the same troll. And here's the reason why it is, it is. Alex. Because okay. he was up there and Look, other trolls weren't there. But Jess, I just don't know how Boffer got off of it. There, That's all I'm so saying. There's so much going on. I th could have sworn I was like, there's no way that troll could have gotten up to Raven Hill that quick. He got up to Raven Hill because Boffer rode him up there. But what my question was, 
was how did Buffer get off at where, why, and when? Well, no, because oh, like, no, okay, that's so a different troll. It's, it's the not. Same it's ki- the same exact. No, it's looking, not. Thank you, Ben. It's the same looking troll. Because I agree. Buff, it is the Buffer, same exact. No, you same can't exact. do that. Then, then, then I actually, if that's the case, if it's a different troll, I hate this movie. I swear to God, I hate this movie. Okay. Because you can't give me two of the same exact looking trolls when they're supposed to be, unless it's it's. Friggin' twin! I'm serious. But like, about this. Uh, there's like when they do the the war wagon and cut off all the heads. Those are all the same looking trolls. Like they're all the dad with, bod trolls with the clubs. With, with things on their head. No, those are these are all like the ones like when they they first bring the war wagons out. The trolls knock them over and like like really gru- gru- like gruesomely like smash the dwarves into the ground I'm like oh geez that's kind of okay <laughs> and those are the dad bod club trolls we'll call them club trolls from now on okay, those are the great. club trolls great. and those same club trolls are the ones that they fast and furious tokyo drift just decapitate all of them and <laughs> one moment so i get it they they should have made the design somewhat different but again but there it's not are it's the same they have it I, has the same chains my thought yeah. my thought when we I saw can't. this because i i was of the same opinion uh, as you ben where it's different because bofer rides him and uses that troll to, to intercept the armored him. troll yeah and then he kills him yeah and so it's a different one but i think they literally just reused the same asset for this Absolutely. other one, so it looks exactly the no, same, which is why so it's confusing. I actually hate this movie oh, yeah. then. Because they're like, we're not going to spend money to like re, you know, do another too far model. for Jessica. No, it's gone. It's the gone. It's millions actually... of CGI creatures we have got in this trilogy. Absolutely no like craft, no hair and makeup, except for like two orcs and just like the green screen and the digitized and this yeah. one troll it that Legolas jumps me. off of a skyscraper, puts a dagger in his head, and steers him like a puppet to then crash a tower to make a bridge and then fights on that bridge and then Super Mario Brothers jumps off the stone to then Black Widow leg kick Bulk stab him in the head do a backflip off of and land on his feet in a superhero pose that's cool, guys. That was all <laughs> one extra troll. That one duplicate troll. It's, a bridge it's too lazy. far, good it's sir. It's lazy. It's lazy. <laughs> At least there was some creativity with him jumping brick by brick, bro. You're, I, you can't oh, tell me. Me and my dad watched that. That was like me and the first time I watched that. I think it was my dad, and he leaned on me. That was so cool. And I agree. <laughs> that and yeah, my dad awesome. is like. Me and my dad, he is the Gerard Butler plane guy. Like he, me and my dad love watching bad action movies, those B action movies. This movie is made for that crowd. And I'm not insulting that crowd because I'm a part of that crowd. I love good, fun action, straight line. I'm about it. Now I hold Middle Earth to a higher standard than that. Um, but there are a lot of great, you know, uh, Thranduil decapitating five orcs at one time, superhero pose landing after the elk sadly dies, and then just double wielding swords like he's like just crazy. And then, you know, like, oh, there's only about a hundred goblins. That's fine. It's like, okay, okay. We're just, we're just throwing everything at the wall in this movie. And there are moments that I, it really works. And then there's moments where I'm like, all the humans are dead in Lake Town. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's like three different charges by the human quote unquote army. They're all dead. But but Ben, They've you're forgetting dead. you're forgetting that the women and children helped. So you gotta factor that in. 
Your mom asked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rallied. I've seen the they siege rallied. of Minas Tirith. We saw what happened to the women and children <laughs> when an orc army broke into a city. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, are, there are very capable women warriors out there, but when it's a bruised and battered civilians of Lake Town that have gotten no sleep, a little bit of food from, an, yeah. from elves 12 hours earlier and are cold and sick and injured, all those people are just dead. They're dead. They're dead. Uh, and I was it thinking, it's like when no when they rode up to the gate to confront Thorin with the Arkenstone, like you know they they have the the montage of them, you know, dusting off the old weapons of Dale. Give Bard some armor. Like I wish he didn't have his his uh, his clothes on. Like I re- like we we do a lot in this movie. And there's a lot of stretching in this movie. Give Bard the leader of the human army and Luke Evans, who is putting his entire back into this performance and i love him for it give him some some armor we gave the dwarves yeah. armor thranduil looks great the, you know uh billy Connolly with this weird cgi face oh is God. riding a, a war pig and it's awesome give give bard some some armor that's my yeah that's the my big leader note. of men uh, yes. at this point it, it makes yeah. zero sense that he's not armored um we get the invasion of dale we get the orcs in the streets we get uh, Alfred revealed as uh, a weasel, as someone calls him, mm-hmm. uh, when the women and children are rallying. Um, spies the gold, and we cut away, and we'll you know he he runs away with that. We've talked about his his demise. Uh, no, then but we... again, like there's there's another point where Bard's like Alfred, make sure you get the women and the children to the church yes. or the 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 he main square, and then this. you come back and fight. And he's like. Yeah, does Stop. he not get does he not get his Stop whole deal? Giving Alfred jobs. Stop like Ga- Gandalf gave Alfred. him a job, yeah. Bard gave him a job, and look, I, I get giving people second chances, but this guy oozes uh, scumminess. Stop trusting him, especially so with how the ma- kids. How many beats is that? So he gives the firewood to the woman. Like uh, it's like okay, Bard, uh, Alfred carries some carries some firewood, and then he gives it to the woman. Do, uh, hold your weight. Uh, Alfred, so that's one. Alfred, take the night watch. That's two, and he lets the elf army in. Right. Uh, Gandalf says, hey, watch make Bilbo. sure you feed Bilbo and watch him. If he leaves, let him know. And then and then I feel like there's one more bef- before Bard tells him to like come back and fight. I feel like there's one more that I'm probably missing, but yeah. it's just like, stop. Stop. Like yeah. This is your own fault now. This yeah, man has that- shown who he is. And can no longer be blamed. <laughs> I also think it's important what you said is like the same beat. Also, as a viewer, not yeah. just like looking at it from Bard's perspective of like Bard, get a clue, dude. Like, but as a viewer, you're like, we get it. We get what Alfred's deal is. He's scummy. We don't need to keep hitting this. Uh, like when he throws the sword back to Dane, um, it's or when he, yeah, it, just being cruel oh, yeah, to, to Bane, random yeah. civilian or uh, Bane. Excuse me, not yeah. Bane. Thank you. I'm Bane. Um, so yeah, without at, we, the darkness we... was your ally. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know darkness until you killed him. Alfred, that. your slip is showing. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: Bard doesn't deserve to be a leader if he keeps on delegating no. to the wrong person. Yeah. Yep. Bad leader. Yes. Bad leader. Um, after we see Alfred being terrible because uh, Bard entrusted him with this job. Uh, we get the Thranduil charging across the bridge into um, into Dale, and he's fighting, uh, twirling the swords, and we get this sort of cut between everybody slow-mo, we're losing sequence 
Um, everybody's like, oh no, we're getting pushed back. Dale is being hit. Uh, the Danes people have been pushed back to the gates. Thranduil's like, uh, are, we're done for. Uh, he sees the losses that his people have taken. And then we get Dane saying, where's Thorin? We need him. Uh, which when we were watching this, Jess rightly sort of scoffed at this, like, what's Thorin going to do? Like, we get he's the king. He's th- but there's like- 13 dwarves up there. Thorin doesn't need to do absolutely anything, actually. Like, no one needs Thorin in this I, I w- And though that being said, you fast forward to they're rallying Gandalf. It's and a it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous it's a moment, actually. Yeah. Like, it's a little what? too, bi- like, wide it's of a too- V that they're creating. <laughs> it's too little too late, narratively wise, because, yeah. like, you have shown, like, look up, like, Google some wide shots of how huge this orc army is. And that, that's just the fault of the, the visual director of, like, okay, this army needs to be, like, uh Minas Tirith like Battle of Us Gilead huge and it's like no 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 third like you can have a rallying cry you know like we've seen it so many times uh with Rohan with Aomer like like it go a little bit goes a long way you know 7,000 Rohirrim riders isn't going to break the lines of Mordor but they do because of the rallying cry and then they you know but it's just like 13 dwarves at that point in the battle when they are just getting handled like absolutely getting handled and you don't and this is where the elf army legitimately disappears yep like i know thranduil says like hey i'm not sacrificing any more people but like are they are they all dead like because they're just gone and thranduil like if you don't if he says that and then you don't have him in the rest of the movie that's one thing but he shows up at the end so i guess they i guess they all just put on their elven cloaks and just and then we can't see him just gone from the battlefield. And so there's like maybe 150, 200 dwarves left. And and you see like how many orcs are pressing in on them. And then like, yeah, one, the most conveniently placed giant bell of all time. Happened. Yes. What, what is that? Can, well, we, bu- can we talk about that? But before we get to that, because okay. there, we, we do have a, hey, remember when movies had dialogue? Here's dialogue. Um, we get uh, Dwalin approaching Thorin and pleading him uh, to go and help his people. And then we we see, again, the further effects of the dragon sickness. He's full mm. on down with the sickness here, uh, where he's like, uh, life is cheap. We have to protect the gold, and we can bring it down into the, the halls, and it'll be fine. And then he says, leave uh, before I kill you, Dwalin, which is like, okay, Jesus. Um, and then we get uh, the thing that you alluded to last episode, Ben, where you get the trippy dream sequence, I'm calling it. Is, it I don't know if it's a dream or a hallucination. What, yeah. Uh, from Thorin, where he walks out into the hall, which I, I will admit is a beautiful shot. Um, he walks out into the hall where they covered Smaug in the gold and the, the floor and the bottoms of the pillars are like covered in this thin sheet of reflective gold. And Thorin's like, imagining himself being swallowed up and he's hearing all the voices of uh his his friends and family and bilbo and gandalf um in this sort of miasma of of uh flashbacks uh and then he sees himself being swallowed up by the gold and apparently has this moment of realization and just takes off his crown and 
There's two things. What happened? The very, very, very important thing I'm going to say is that um, I want a, an entire gold floor in the future of my, <laughs> of cool. my home. That <laughs> is that is one of the art direction things that I think is really cool is that they brought it back like. Circus. It was really sick. Yeah. Um, two things I'll say about this scene. One, instead of Dwalin, it should have been Balin because yes. that is the person that has been counseling Thor in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Dwalin has just been the hard-headed, like, right-hand soldier guy. Like, I think, um, is it Mark? Ray, Steve- Ray Stevenson? No, it's not Ray Stevenson. Who is it? It's the guy, he's in Game of Thrones. I said this last time uh, in the first movie way back when. Uh, he's in House of the Dragon as one of the Kingsguard. I can't think of his name. But it should have been Balin, not Dwalin in this scene because it would have emotionally resonated more. I think both actors do a good job, but narratively, it should have been this. And also, you need more flashback quotes when the first quote we hear is the Dwalin quote we just heard. Yeah. Like, it's he's a like, flashback you, you've always been my ago. king. Yeah. And then he's like, leave or I will kill you. And then it cuts to Thorin on the gold floor. And it's like, you've always been my king. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I just heard that. Like, mm-hmm. you can't do this montage of quotes when one of them was literally 10 seconds ago. But again, this goes back to we had we needed Thorin to be a better leader throughout the trilogy to show his descent into madness. Cause for me, this is just like Thorn with a little extra spice of like why he won't go out and fight and why he is like hoarding all this gold because he's been kind of a little hoarder with like, Oh no, don't show him the map. Oh, don't, don't accept help from anybody else. Like, Oh, Gandalf, why do you have the map as if it was yours to keep like all these things? Well, I think that's the point here is that he's being like this, but if it were ju- if it were the elves only, then sure it makes sense for the Thorn we knew. But this is Dwalin pleading him to help Dane and his own people, and so yeah. he's turning his back on fellow dwarves and people who are he is the king of. And if the and if Thorn's been anything, it's been at least loyal to the dwarves up until this point. So I I, I disagree with that. Where it's it, like it makes sense to me that he's gone too far. I don't think this is in line with the Thorn we've seen before. But the problem I have is that what's the motivation for him to have this change of heart? Just like it's he nothing. just all of a sudden sees gold and and then is like, oh, no, I've, I've been wrong the whole time. Like what caused this dragon sickness to be lifted? Yeah. Um, it just happens like a fever breaking. Um, and if this is implied to be some kind of magical curse on the treasure hoard of Erebor, then uh, I don't understand. Uh, I, I guess it they, they didn't do enough to show the battle of will of Thorin, right? Him pushing through it. It just seems like, oh, he's like being assaulted by these visions and then it's happening to him almost, as opposed to him like going, no, I must stop uh, being influenced by the dragon sickness. That's not the feeling I got from this scene. And if they had made it so it felt like he was actually resisting uh, the dragon sickness, I would have bought it more. But what they did with it just, it has no motivation. It makes, other than they, yeah, the, the reason is because he's got to go out there and battle because we need to have We need to, we need to hurry sequences. that process. And, and in yeah. fact, I actually think it went on too long. Um, not only that, it the dreams we sequence I, I, it does truncate that time frame, but it's it actually lasts too long too. Like they they could have also made it more yeah. engaging. Like maybe 
um, super cutting other things going on or making some. But the imagery of actually Smaug swimming under the gold, worth it. But it could have just, it could have been less time. And it calls forward to the Azog fight scene. It does. Which, which is kind of cool, like visually. Uh, but I agree, it's too long. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't work for me on the whole. Um, but he he breaks the spell, uh, and then he we we see Dane and his people getting pushed back to the gates of Erebor, and then we cut back to sad company of Thorin, and Thorin walks forward completely backlit. He's no longer got the crown on. <laughs> He's just back to the old Thorin we know. Took his armor um, off for some reason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a, a common theme. Uh, the leaders don't need armor because they have plot armor, although his plot armor gets broken. Um, and then we get um, Keeley confronting him like, I can't believe you're going to you know, have us stand here and do nothing. And he's like, we're not going to do nothing. And I love this moment. And we had to rewind multiple times when we watch this to catch it. But after Keeley gets this news and Thorin's like, all right, we're going to go. There's a wide shot where Thorin's walking towards the rest of the company, leaving Keeley behind. And Keeley does like a little, a little fist pump of like, yes, <gasps> I miss I got to go watch that. Now. Yeah, that it's, sounds great. It's, it's so very it looks subtle. like a fist pump, but I think it's more like, yeah, like he, he like he rolls his shoulders forward, like he's like getting psyched. It's like it's, it's like a football mood. Yeah, like two guys are like yeah. taps his pads. Yeah, exactly. He, he's just he's getting ready because he knows he's gonna see Toriel. Uh, he's like, yeah, oh, I gotta, I gotta flex. <laughs> you know. Um, well, and my argument was like, just go, guys. Don't wait for him. Like, right? Bye, Thorin. Like, you guys also have moral codes unto your own, and they could have left. Is my point. But they are loyal to their king. And I think that's they're following the orders of their king. That's sacrosanct. You don't you don't break that as much as you want to. Um that I I think that's a dwarven culture thing. Um, it is crazy because I'm I'm looking up this moment right now because I want to see this this <laughs> Keely fist, fist pump. There is an hour left from this moment when the yeah. dwarves leave Erebor <laughs> to like swing the tide. There's an hour left of this movie. It's like insane. it is crazy. Like how much battle of this movie there is. Like it, it. I mean, hey, you came for the battle of five armies. It is going to give you the battle of the five armies. I can't fault it for giving exactly what the title <laughs> they, says. They right. gave us ten armies worth of battle. Well, yes, to be fair too, we broke it up. Like and and then so it does like we're we're missing a lot of the context in order, but I think then that even makes it more tedious. <laughs> so yes. say, that gives it some credit, but I think it actually makes it worse. So yeah, half of this it, movie is the last action sequence, which is and insane. that's the thing is that like this if this happened, you know, this is ninety minutes into the movie, an hour and thirty five, this happens. You have 30 minutes where Thorin goes, and maybe that is the thing. You know, this is the extended cut. Maybe it's a little bit shorter, but it's just so crazy how much there is after the dwarves join the battle, and it's all about, you know, going to kill Azog. It's legitimately yep. crazy. And at yeah. this point, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to cut the head off of the snake, you know, and that would work. The orcs are already there. Like, right. There's. The snake has already bitten. 
it, like, it it's doesn't, like, oh, I'm going to cut the head off the snake while the poison is coursing through my veins. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense, like, tactically, but they're trying to sell it like that. Like, when Gandalf sees what they're doing and when he says it to... I mean, Dane does point out, like, you guys are crazy. But I think he's more saying you're crazy for trying to get through the whole orc. Yeah, you're crazy to get trying to, to get there. But not you're crazy for doing this. It makes sense for Thorin to want to do, like, character motivation-wise. But, yeah, like, as far as how is this going to help... Uh, your cause and your people uh, i don't i have no idea what the thought process there is um because the whole reason for him to come out was i guess he did so so let, well let's get to him coming out you mentioned the massive gold bell swinging mm-hmm. and breaking open uh their defenses uh so they can get out it's like just go over the gate man uh, if you need to fall back it might be good to have that there yeah um so Thorin and company charge out in a phalanx uh, and lead the dwarves. And we just see a, a aerial overhead shot of this wedge of, as you said, not many dwarves just cutting through the orc army like butter um, as if Thorin just cast a buff spell, not just like a morale boost, but he just magically buffed the dwarf army or yeah. something. It, well, especially it's insane because, how how quickly the tide turns here. It's because they've got those battle trolls, and I recognize them from Return to the King, that yeah. come charging through the gates of Minas Tirith, and even like Gandalf's like, "You are men of Gondor. You, no matter what comes through those gates, you will stand and fight." And then they specifically show Gandalf being like, "Oh," like basically doing the Tim Allen face and being like, <laughs> "Oh, I didn't know those were coming through the gates," and like those trolls like just go berserker mode on the entire and they immediately start falling back and those trolls like i'm like okay these trolls mean business because they like they've got the crazy like hockey jason battle masks and everything and they just get cut down immediately i'm just like oh god even like an established like lord of the rings nerds like troll stuff just uh, i I understand morale is important in battles but 13 dwarves will not cut through like three lines and i'm i just again i just pulled it up there's like catapults behind them with more trolls there like there's a lot of orcs in front of the gates of erebor that 13 dwarves really make a difference <laughs> and then um even if they did they just leave right away um yep. they, they kill some trolls we get some some fighting and thorin feely keely dwalin and balin all hop on board uh a chariot i guess you would call it um, and they go charging through the orc ranks. They're not stopped. Um, a few trolls try. The orcs just get out of the way. Uh, and we get this sort of uh, chase sequence, uh, which we talked about the trolls getting decapitated by the uh, the blades on the spokes of the mm-hmm. cart. Uh, they get chased by an armor troll. Uh, and then we get the instantly classic line i can't remember i think it's dwalin who says it i can't remember who says it but he's like shoot him in the jam bags and then he's like i it doesn't have any jam bags um <laughs> so are they like are they like the donkeys not the donkeys are they the mules of of the orcs who the 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 war beasts those big trolls they don't have jam bags because they're like the mules oh like they've been castrated or they no because like mules literally can't have children oh because well yeah because they're uh hybrids yeah Yeah. maybe or or they've been castrated um could be that also or it's just the ignorance of dwarfs on troll anatomy correct but Uh, jam bags is is never not what i'm going to call it from there this point on yeah 
if 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 eating uh, testicles on screen wasn't enough, we also get a ball joke. Uh, yeah, I'm, this is where like parts. This is where the movie gets brutally violent. Is this charge? Because yeah. like you have you know them like quadruple like you know double kill, triple kill, kill Jackular on all the trolls. <laughs> yeah, and then they're on the ice with the the ram wagon, and then the like. The part that got me was like the, when the wolves come and they take out like three of the rams or something in the most brutal way possible. They just like like just barrel tackle the rams and you see them like and they give the rams like the the scream like it's yeah. like it's like real animal noise. I'm like, gee, oh, my gosh. Like I can handle a lot. I've seen Rec Room for a Dream. I can handle some stuff. But, <laughs> but don't, like, we all have don't mess with the animals. That yeah, d- I have my limit. Like uh, I was even talking to my friend, and I was just like, she was playing. I think it was like The Last of Us or something. And they give like the realistic like dog screams when they die. And I, I played. Yeah, just ooh. Sometimes it's a little too much. A little too much when it comes to animal stuff. But that yeah, then they're just like. They saw through like a, a dwarf, like a troll's like belly with the the wheel spokes, yeah. and you know like a boffer comes in with with his blinded mutilated troll and he's swinging into the heads of people. It's like it is that scene is like really gruesome. <laughs> yeah, I it's it's hyper violent in a way as as I said before that I can't take seriously and I don't feel the stakes. It's just gratuitous. Um. And you like it, you just start to get at least for me you get desensitized to it after like I mean 30 20 30 minutes of it just nonstop you're like okay I I get it and the the, the it it's diminishing returns on, yeah. on all of and these all things. that all that whole that whole war wagon chariot that's all extended like right. he goes up to Danny he's like oh we're going to take the head off the snake and then you see them the rams on the side of the mountain he's like oh we, and then that's when Gandalf says he's going he's going after Azog and that's when Bilbo's like oh i got to warn them about the the Gundabad army mm-hmm. um but the the uh cherry on top of the <laughs> chariot sequence if a ball joke wasn't enough if gratuitous violence wasn't enough we get um, the remaining rams are taken by uh, Thorin, Feely, Keely, and Dwalin, and Balin stays behind in the cart, loads up the gun in the back, and just goes, I'm too old for this. He <laughs> does. Is... He pulls the full Danny Glover out yeah, and yep. just Gatlin guns like a hundred wolves as they come charging down. <laughs> it's insane. And like that's when, honestly, that moment I was kind of like, all right, you kind of have me movie like that's Yeah, that, it's like leaning into how cheesy it is. I'm like, okay, cool. Just like balling with a gun shooting. <laughs> and that's the one acting where like, I feel it felt at least from Ken Stott, it felt like he was on a green screen. Cause he's just like that, 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 that. And you're like, yeah. his face isn't like intense or like straining anything. Like you, you can just say like, he's just winding this with a, like in the middle of a green room, not knowing what's really happening. Or <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why the performance was so good because Ken Stott was actually thinking that while he was just standing in front of a green screen. He was like, yeah. I'm actually too old for this. Yeah. <laughs> what am I ba- doing Ballin's here? Balin's seen some stuff, man. This is nothing new to him. <laughs> right? Um, just, yeah, the that was just so crazy. Um, but after that, we cut back to... Um, uh, cut back to Dale, and we get the Alfred uh, scene with him escaping. He's... Uh, got a 
brazier full of gold. Uh, a troll comes up on him uh, with the with the little arm, and uh, Bard shoots it and saves him and um, chastises him. And then we get the sequence with Gandalf, and and the scene that we had earlier in the first half of the movie with Radagast uh, giving him his staff. Uh, we finally get the payoff for that. He puts the blue crystal in, and he goes to cast a spell uh, or use his magic, and it's not working, and he dodges the troll. And uh, I I actually did... I, I thought it was funny where he, he goes to... He, he has the staff in his hands, and he goes to, boom, like hit it down just like he does on the bridge of uh, Khazad-dum, uh, and it does nothing, which I kind of thought was funny. <laughs> Like he was, he he tried to do the same exact yeah. uh, magic trick that uh, he did there, and he's like, oh, again, it, like it works, but then it again, it just goes on too long. Like he dodges yeah. the troll like five or six times before the catapult finally goes off, and, and you know and we get we get the coin falling in slow mo too, as if it yeah, wasn't the coin falling in slow enough. motion slowly and then settling down, and then Alfred, like you you know, you said you didn't like the death of the master. Cause it was like two on the nose. This is like, if they had done this that same way with like the master, literally basically looking to camera and being like, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> and that's what Alfred again. does right before he gets catapulted right into the troll's mouth. And while I'm happy this scene exists, cause like I said, in the theatrical cut, he just leaves. There's none of this. So like when I find, when I found out when I first either. watched the extended cut, I was like, Oh, well at least there's this, at least he dies. Like, because you've been just like constantly like this guy messes up. This guy deceives everyone. This guy keeps getting jobs and not doing them. He's the worst. He's the worst. He's the worst. And then he just leaves. I was like, oh, what? And, okay. And, well, that sucks. But no way a gold coin. No way a gold coin is tipping the catapult. Yeah. But, but a leaf can wake a Balrog, Jess? Yes, it does. Yeah. Because it's a, an elven leaf. It's a an gold, elven leaf. A gold coin, which is denser and heavier a, than a leaf. Can't trigger a catapult, but a leaf. That's an elven leaf. A leaf, leaf can, can wake a Balrog. Can, yes, it sure can. Okay. You heard me. You're inconsistent with your logic. That's not I true. don't appreciate it. Nope, it's not an elven coin, Alex. Yeah, it's a it's a manish coin, which is going to be less graceful and therefore heavier. An oh, elvish fine, coin would make fine. no sound maybe, when it instead hit, of being a jerk about it, just maybe try to convince me why am I'm wrong instead of chastising me. What's the sound of a leaf hitting the ground? It's. It's the sound of a Balrog waking up. <laughs> <laughs> Get roasted, Alex. Oh, my gosh. Argument over. You know what? You're right. I, that, fair. How can I argue with that foolproof, non-circular logic? Exactly. I take it all back. I take it all back. It insists upon itself. <laughs> it, it does insist upon itself. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. All right, so... Finally, Alfred gets his comeuppance, uh, and he gets he gets dicked with the t with the tip. The tip is dicky, and he gets it uh, fiddled with at the top. <laughs> what? So that's what Radagast. <laughs> I was just says. on your side. Hold on, that's what Radagast said about the top of the staff. You see, it gets a, it's a bit dicky, so you gotta fiddle with the tip, and then ah. basically he because Gandalf can't use this, can't get it up. <laughs> uh, Alfred becomes the dicky tip, basically. That's my thought. We have derailed officially. <laughs> it's why this movie was rated R. Yes, yes. exactly. Too, too much fiddling with the tip. Um, 
I do. I think it is interesting though uh, that this is the reason Gandalf survives is because of Alfred. Uh, in a weird way, maybe there was a reason he uh, stuck around uh, in the in the grand cosmic plan. Uh, otherwise, Gandalf would have been dead. Pity is what stayed Bilbo's hand. Exactly. Uh, it all comes back. The, the pity doesn't. of Bard to, <laughs> to let Alfred you guys go. Are, you guys are not George Lucas. This is not poetry because it rhymes. Okay. It's like, it's like poetry. It's it poetry. Oh, my God. Just the worst. Well, Again, I'm, I'm glad this exists in the extended because otherwise you have zero comeuppance for Alfred. But again, like it's just another yeah. thing that like is funny, but then it just keeps going. And it's like you, you got to learn to edit. Yeah. One one beat too much. Uh, yeah. But what, what we can't get enough of and they shouldn't have edited anything out is Toriel because we have Legolas and Toriel arriving at Dale. Finally, with news of the Gundabad army of orcs coming from the north and <laughs> What's on their way? Oh no, Raven Hill is on their way. And then Bilbo's like, but wait, as if saying to the audience, that's where Thorin and everyone just went because we yes. need a reminder of the crazy geography and spacing of this battle. So we get that nice reminder from Bilbo. To be um, fair, yeah, I'm honestly glad for it because the, like, the geography in this, this battle scene makes zero sense. So I'm okay with Bilbo being like, yeah. that's where our main character is. Don't forget everybody. I'm like, okay, thank you. I actually, I needed that. <laughs> and honestly, yeah, Thorin does feel kind of like the main character here, not Bilbo, even though he yep. kind of is, uh, sadly. Uh, and then we cut to uh, Thorin and company arriving. They find it empty at Raven Hill and they're like, oh, maybe Azog's fled. Uh, Feely and Keely, why don't you go scout and see if you can find him? Um, yep, it's like <laughs> I, I sure. know I'm on a podcast, but I'm gesturing wildly <laughs> of like, why would you think that he is easily winning this fight currently? Like, I realize like you guys have gotten a little push from you know you the thirteen of you charging out, but he still has another army on the way. Yeah. And like Well, what? they don't know that to be fair. They don't yeah, they do they do they that's fair. That is fair. But it's just like in what world? Again, you cut his hand off and you think he died and right. now he just runs away in the middle like who who do you think Azog is? Like Yeah, he, and Andy thinks he's dead later on and is like, "Oh cool, I killed him." And isn't like on the guard at all. <laughs> like, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but then we get, uh, I'm trying to think we, yeah, let's just do this chronologically. I, I was going to say we'll continue with that thread, but we'll, we'll come back to that, uh, chronologically. Cause again, my notes are a mess. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to Thranduil looking over the dead and this is when he orders the elves to retreat. Uh, and Gandalf is like, you gotta, you gotta help Thorin at Raven Hill. Uh, send the elves up to Raven Hill to help Thorin. It's like, uh, okay. Oh, but what about this whole orc army? I mean, why wouldn't you? If you're going to yeah, plead the anything been of him, for like the last thirty minutes, anyways, like yeah, besides Thranduil, if you're going to ask anything of him, maybe not go help these four guys, but maybe go help the dwarves that are fending off the, the yeah. army. Um, but I guess maybe they're they're also going up there to intercept the Gundabad army. But anyway, Bilbo. Then at when Thranduil denies this, Bilbo's like, "I'll go and warn Thorin." Uh, and then we get a nice exchange between Gandalf and uh, Bilbo where he, Bilbo is like, don't worry, I won't be seen. Basically, it's like, I know you know I have the ring. And Gandalf yep. knows that he, he won't be, but he's like, I you know, I'm, I will not allow you. And then Bilbo's like, I'm not asking you, which is a nice coming into the role of, of hero. 
unlikely hero that I, I like. And he says, I'm not asking you to allow me to do it. And puts on the ring. It goes to warn Thorin. I do like um, that moment when he says, I'm not asking. Yes. It's it's a nice, like, he's... But that's, like, what my parents would say. But, like, I'm I'm not asking. I'm telling. <laughs> so it's actually pretty triggering. <laughs> well, but... He, oh, no. But <laughs> if, I'm not asking. Well, no, because you know who likes being told what to do by the parents, not a single person. But that's, like, if Gandalf were saying... I'm not asking. Right. But this is like fair. Bilbo the kid, you know, the young naive one saying, I'm not asking, which is kind of, it's like, oh, cool. He feels empowered. Um, and I do like that when he puts on the ring, uh, cool little Easter egg, he sees all the elves with like the sort of uh, existing in the spirit world, like glowing, which is a bit of lore that I'm like, oh, cool. That's like accurate to Tolkien cosmology. I was going to ask that. So they do also, they exist in both realms. Yes, Interesting. Um, elves are more connected with their their. Uh, well, no, uh, it was the Thea. orcs that he could see. Because the, the elves weren't fighting at that point, I was wondering who he was seeing in 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 the light. No, there realm. were there were elves around, and they I were. I thought like it was the orcs, okay. glowing white. Okay, I thought um, I because I, I was like, oh wait, the the elves just took off. I think there. I think. Unless it was orcs that were glowing white, in which case that'd well, be that's why I, I was, was confused because I was like, "Well, yeah. who's glowing white if the elves left?" I think it, it. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be them. All right. Uh, don't quote me on it. Um, uh, it. It does look like the elves. I'm watching it. Yeah, yeah it, it is the elves. Glowing it is white. the elves, but they are off the field now. So like, literally but he's still Randall in. Has he's still in Dale. I guess. So yeah, like it, he's he's just about like I'm watching the scene right now, and he's they are leaving. But this is when Toriel confronts him, saying, like, you can't leave. So they're still there. Huh. Because they they had retreated to Dale, I think, is what we're supposed to believe. Yeah. Although we just see Thranduil go to Dale. Um, So, yeah, we get and then we get the Toriel confrontation. uh, Another amazing little nugget of Lee Pace just being a dick. So good. He's so commanding in this role, though. Like, he was... I, I wish they would have brought him back, maybe you know, maybe for season two. And, you know, I, I know Orlando Bloom didn't age like an elf for this movie, so I don't know how Lee Pace will age if they bring him back for Rings of Power to play Thranduil. If they have Thranduil in Rings of Power, that would be cool. Ooh, yeah. But um, it's just he's so commanding, and especially when, like, you know, Toriel knocks her bow and, like, points it at him, and he just, like, looks away, and then you see just, like, how much more powerful he is that before she can even let it go, he swipes it with the sword and again like uh evangeline lily's uh melodramatic acting of like oh like slowly yeah. taking her hands apart as her bow like falls in front of her and he's like you this is not real the love you feel and he's like oh man like whatever Which, whatever movie lee pace thought he was in i wish we got that movie because he is just giving it his all i love it he's even not if, quitting either nope even if he wouldn't have done a, such an amazing delivery on the this love isn't real line he's i would have believed him because he's totally right like toriel and keely have spoken like three times he's totally right that this is just yeah. like a infatuation and uh like just he's right and i hate that he goes back on it at the end but i get why but come on he's right they, you could be he's right okay well I'll, I'll hold my i'll hold it uh but i know he's just resentful because his wife died and everything like, he's uh, like sure, no one sure, can feel sure. love that's it that's it uh, and then Legolas, uh, speaking of love, uh, unrequited in this case, Legolas steps in to sort of save Toriel from death because uh, he's like, are you ready to 
Thranduil is like, are you ready to die for love? And then Legolas is like, you'll have to kill me first. And then they leave. It's my boy. It's my to boy. Go to, yeah. It's my uh, boy. To, to go to Raven Hill. Uh, so we have Bilbo going to Raven Hill, and we have Legolas and Toriel going to Raven Hill. If only Bilbo had waited a couple more minutes, he would have been like, oh, cool. I'm in the clear. Yeah. When he got knocked, <laughs> knocked the F out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He could have saved himself uh, a headache. Uh, and then we cut to uh, some Three Stooges physical comedy. <laughs> uh, Biffer gets his axe stuck in an orc's head, the axe that's in his head. And we get this amazing just comedy sequence with all the dwarves trying to get Biffer unstuck. <laughs> yep. Because that's what we needed. Um, I'm sure this wasn't only in the extended. Help me, step, it is. Help me, step dwarf. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And then it, uh, Boffer, or excuse me, Bomber is the one who like he grabs onto the orc and is hanging over the ledge, and his immensity just uh, pries it out. And oh look, the axe is unlodged. And then uh, Biffer connect. He speaks the only like dialogue he has in the movie, I think, <laughs> where he says like, "I'll tell you where to shove this axe" or something. Yeah, um, so I think that is his only line, and it's only the extended version, so it's hilarious. Yeah. Um. If you if you thought uh, Christopher Lee was sad that his stuff got cut from a Lord of the Rings movie, I'm sure that actor I don't know who he is was sad that his only line got cut from the theatrical. <laughs> version it's like the one line i had and that's the thing is that like i've seen the hobbit movies like a few times until this i did not realize that that dwarf like had an axe stuck in his head because they never really mention it in the in the theatrical cut it's just in the very first movie at the beginning i think they they like make a point when they're kind of introducing the dwarves maybe like i know that like every dwarf like has like a like a characteristic since we don't get to really. know any of them because there's still faces i'm seeing where i'm like who is that guy well that's what <laughs> like, i'm saying like i like until well, the, the, the name time don't watching it i didn't really notice the axe the axe was was clearly addressed I, you know what it actually might not have been clearly addressed because if you remember ben you only were able to find the theatrical version of the yeah. first one so it's possible oh. that it wasn't addressed um, but that's kind of silly because it's like a great quirk to differentiate yeah. yourself. Uh, you know, so just for those of you that have listened this far for a movie we're not even done talking about, uh, we're going to come back next week and talk more about this. But um, I completely lost my train of thought. So just just uh, we're going to we're going to wrap up our thoughts on all three movies next week. And I'll probably remember what I was going to say. Oh, that um, if you've never se- if you've never read The Hobbit, did they do a good job? In enveloping you in this world. I really am curious. So anyway, we'll talk about that more later. Yes. All right. We, we arrive at Raven Hill. Bilbo warns Thorin. Thorin's like, this is definitely a trap. And then we cut to kind of Felia and Keeley wandering around like, oh no, they're out on their own and they realize it's a trap. The tension. Uh, and then we get the arrival of Azog uh, climbing up the tower. He's got Feely captured. And I think it's a pretty anticlimactic death. Um, I think, at least for Feely, it's kind of like, oh, they kind of did him dirty a little bit. Azog is like, you're mine now. He stabs and kills Feely. He falls right at the feet of his brother, Keely. And uh, Keely's obviously mad, charges up the tower. He's going after Azog and then Thorin and Dwalin, obviously. Uh, Charge. 
I honestly, like, the next five minutes of this movie, I couldn't tell you what happens. It's a bunch of action. <laughs> we get a fight sequence between Thorin and Azog. Yeah. We get the bats coming in and the Gundabad orcs arriving. Uh, we get a sequence where I think Dwalin, like, steps in and saves Bilbo from an orc. Uh, and then we get Legolas and Toriel showing up. Uh, and this is where the aforementioned Legolas riding a bat up to the top uh, happens. He uh, hangs upside down, decapitates, and slits a bunch of orcs' throats, and then shoots the bat in the head and does a backflip off it and lands yeah. in a tower where he Hell proceeds yeah. to just snipe a bunch of orcs and give cover to Thorin so he can get further towards... I think he's trying to go toward Azog. I don't know. Yeah, it's like Thorns on the frozen lake above the waterfall and like all the I think it's like all the Gundabad orcs that are like got there early because Bolg is there now. Yeah, I always wondered that because like when they leave Gundabad, there's like a they show a bunch of orcs like sprinting ahead of the army like they're charging. And I guess they got there early. But yeah, like uh, Feely's death. I if we had known anything about Feely, I'd feel something, but we yeah. don't. So, like, they play it like this big moment. And it is a pretty, like, brutal thing when he lands at the feet of his brother. Because, like, his brother doesn't see him get stabbed. He just sees him, like, drop in front of him. It's like that scene from The Departed when Martin Sheen gets thrown out the window. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, but we just don't know anything about this character, so I can't feel too much. Yeah, like, it's not it's not shocking. You're just like, oh, okay, Feely died. It's not like, yeah. oh, no, how they yeah, they play Feely, it. what? They play it like it's this big thing, and I'm just like, but you didn't do anything with this character. Like, I think the last time I heard him talk was, I'm not leaving my brother in Lake Town in the last movie. Yeah. I think that, I, you know, someone can correct me. He might have had, like, you know, some throwaway line here, but that's the last thing I can remember. And so if you're playing, like, this heartfelt death, like, you can't have that happen. Like, when, when, when Keely dies, it's a little bit more. Like, it's not... Great, but like at least you have Toriel in that moment reacting to it. Yeah. So like it like you you have the fight building up, you know, with them like both scrapping, Toriel losing to Bulg, then Keely jumping in at the last moment and saving her, and then him fighting, and then her losing again. Like her jumping again to save Keely. Like a lot of last minute saves in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, just back to back to back. So like that that's played a little bit better, but it's only because we at least know a little bit about these two characters. Well, yes. I think it's honestly less about Feely dying and more about he's the first dwarf to die. And yeah. I think that's the impact it had on me. I was like, oh, wow, after all of they've been through and many times that they probably should have died based off of the recording of this film, he's it does it is sad, I guess, just what just based off of that alone. Yeah. Yeah. And you see the reactions of, of Thorin and, and uh and, Keely, and your mom, but... yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Quality humor. Quality oh humor. Where did God. that even come? What did where, I do? Where did that what did I do? <laughs> I'm just talking about what you know, a, a movie from a property I like, Lord I of the Rings, know. and it you're just... coming in here. Where's the RKO stop. music when you need it? <laughs> wow. right oh my gosh! From out of nowhere. <laughs> this <Darcia>. is. <laughs> uh, I'm offended. I'm, I'm sure you are. Uh, I feel <laughs> stabbed to the heart, just like Keeley gets stabbed yeah. by the end of Bold's And the audience face. cares, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I hope they do. 
I hope I've, I've write, write built us, more Chad. of a connection than uh, Feely. Write to us, audience, and let us know how much you agree with me. <laughs> uh, I do. I do like the single tear we get rolling down Keeley's face when he looks at Toriel as he's dying. They play this super, super melodramatically, and then we get uh, Toriel doing some Black Widow moves, uh, mm-hmm. getting Bulg's uh, head in a thigh grip and flinging him off with her. Uh, off the cliff, sacrificing herself, although she lives, um, uh, to cast Bolg down there, and like, and he starts going towards Toriel as she's cast down upon the rocks, and Legolas sees this upon his sniper tower, and he goes, "Oh no, I have to save her!" And oh, what's this? Oh no, he ran out of arrows. And ran so, out of arrows. Yep. Uh, you know, always pack more arrows than you think you're gonna need, kids. To be cause... fair, he was up there like doing some work. Like yeah. he was upside down on a bat, like reverse shot the bat, landed on the tower, and then was just sniping orcs, saving Thorin's life up there. So he well, that's he, my point. He should only be saving Thorin's life, or he should be worried about Tariel. He really has to pick and choose here. Well, that's my argument. He he gets to do both a couple times. <laughs> yes, Fair. because here he uh, hijacks um, the troll that is we've established is a different troll. This is so upsetting. It's a different troll. It's so upsetting. And crashes the tower, making a bridge to get to where Toriel and Bolg are fighting. Uh (laughs) Literally (laughs) a bridge too far. (laughs) Yes, quite literally the bridge is too far. Uh, Starts fighting Bolg on this tower that is getting hit with rubble and crumbling beneath them. Uh, And then while he's saving Toriel, fighting Bolg, he also then has time to see Thorin, who get is like over the cliff with an orc, and he has this moment of like looking at Orcrist, which he's been wielding. Because mm-hmm. remember, Thorin in the last movie in the barrel sequence chucked Orcrist to save Legolas. Was no, he he takes Orcrist when Thorin's being questioned. He doesn't chuck Orcrist at at Legolas. Uh, Orcrist gets taken from him when they get captured by the elves. Oh, I thought he gets it back. I don't, what, does he just chuck an axe then? I thought he chucks Orcris. I think he just chucks like an axe, like the the axe oh, they're like okay. passing it to each other gotcha. on the river scene. Yeah, I think okay. he just chucking axe because, but yeah, okay. he he doesn't because I know he's like Legolas is looking at Orcris. He's like, oh, this is made by our people. Like, uh, gotcha. Yeah, but but he has Orcris for whatever. Yeah. I guess his dad was like, here, have this toy I got from the dwarves. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'd, I'd rock Orcris. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, so he, he looks at Orcris, he's like, oh, am I really going to do this? And whoop, 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 call back, saves Thorin's life in the same way that Thorin saved his. And then that's how Thorin then gets his sword back, uh, for the final confrontation, uh, with Azog. Uh, and then we get the tower finally collapsing and Legolas, boop, 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 just Matrix style, uh, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, like just stepping yes. on this falling rubble. Uh, and he domes Bolg with one of his dirks, and uh, then we get the that, Azog fight sequence. That is a satisfying death from a villain. Like, yes. it is great, like, just like the sound design. Granted, it's absolutely ridiculous. Him, Crouching Tiger, those steps up. Like, we've yes. gotten some ridiculous Legolas moments, but that is a whole different level. Um, but him back like him landing on bulk shoulders 
And like there's some there, again, it's some really cool choreography between these two because like, you know, he stabs him in the hand and then Bulk tries to like stab him with the knife in his hand. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. But again, it's just like that CGI uncanny valley now that, you know, we've had a few years and like all CGI ages. But just like him landing on Bulk's shoulders, stabbing him through the head, seeing Bulk's eyes like roll up and then just like the stones cracking him back flipping off and landing is awesome and your video game nonsense but i love it it's also insane and you you pointed this out jess how the tower like because it was kind of wedged between like two uh Mm -hmm. parts of the mountain the way it falls apart looks like there was nothing but just a slight amount of pressure like holding it together it was jay yeah the stones are just completely separated and it's like was there no mortar in this tower it was just hanging by you know a thread like literally well, hanging and that's by just thread. it like a rock a rock another rock yeah. and it's gonna fall soon but the center of it does fall in now yeah that whole like scene you, is absolutely ridiculous it's like when you see someone like learning to do uh you know rendering cg stuff and they're like "Ooh, a particle simulator and it's just like everything falling <laughs> it was yeah uh but yeah, uh, but then, I, I do love that. But yeah, the, now we get the Azog fight. Yeah, we get the Azog fight. Um, so we had the bullet confrontation. Now we have the Azog confrontation. Um, and basically, we have Azog wielding a giant piece of rubble on a chain and just smashing the ice around him. Like, I get it. This is your your nemesis. They're, you're both nemesis to each other. But I feel like, why would, why would Azog not just like go... One, you know, it it's similar to the critiques people have of the the Witch King fight um, in Return of the King, where it's like, why would the Witch King be just wielding this giant mace? This weapon is super impractical. You've got oh. a sword. You've got a sword on your on your arm, dude. Like hard disagree on the Witch King. Now this doesn't make any sense because you are sitting on ice and smashing yeah. it. So literally the worst weapon possible. The Witch King throwing that Morning Star around, like I thought that when he like was, you know, when he gets up off the fell beast and like he's got it, and I'm like, oh, it looks a little weird, like dual wielding. He is that thing is coming at uh, Aowen so fast, and yeah. it's like the size of Aowen too. The only thing is like when she blocks it with her shield and like breaks, and that thing would have like thrown her thirty yards. Yeah. Like, would but just like arm off. it yeah. makes sense for someone like the witch king who is like all powerful and just insane to sure. have that but in that moment bulg i mean azog seems like the kind of orc that can wield that thing but yeah on a on a lake of cracking ice it makes absolutely yeah. again no sense. Y- you feel like at some point when he's breaking the ice he would realize hey maybe i should just switch weapons here this seems a little precarious yeah um but they they wind up together on a floating uh platform of ice and then they're they're kind of feeling each other out like okay what what's going to go on now and then bulg's or excuse me azog's eyes go wide and we see the eagles finally the well, eagles the, are here right before is when the gundabad army shows up like he sees them coming up the hill behind him, he's like, oh, good. I've got this army coming. Gotcha. So, like, no yes. matter what happens, like, I've won. Yep. And that's when the, that's when the Eagles show that's up because they just, show. like, dive bomb the army with uh, Bayorn, which is an awesome sequence. Yeah, I, I mean, it would have been cool to see a little more Bayorn. But you just yeah, kind of get that there one is, shot. This thing is that, like, even in the – there's even less in the theatrical. Like, yeah. yeah. Then why bring him, you know? That's so – that's, like, he's actually embarrassing. Well, not embarrassing. 
for as Embar- awesome as him. Okay. Kissing? Uh, you actually you know what? You're allowed because I want you guys to accept me more. So I'm going to accept you Thank and you. your and your jokes because That's I actually wasn't that bad. So uh, <laughs> it's great when they drop him and he's completely under underutilized. Like, let's see this guy talk. Like he he hates orcs. You've got an hour and a half of fighting. We need more of him. He would have he he could have changed the tide in certain things. It would have been yeah. sicker to see Agreed. him do something more. Yeah, like. Uh... And this thing, like the the two shots we get of him in this movie, is so cool. Seeing like a giant grizzly bear just tear into things because, like, that's a whole army that gets decimated in like you know thirty seconds by a handful of eagles and bayor. And it's like, all right, you've been showing us gratuitous violence this whole time, and when these cool animals show up, you're not going to show that. Come on, like, right. make this movie five minutes longer. It's not going to kill you. Like, you made a billion dollars. Give me more. And, and especially because this is. The this is the turning of the tide, right? Yes. This should be the epic, you know. In if we if we compare to uh, two towers, this should be uh, in the film version. Um, Aomer coming with the Rohirrim, uh, and that's an awesome, like, cool sequence that they do justice to. Um, and we get like a couple shots of the eagles and baron. It's like this should be the thing you kind of dwell on for a second, and and the audience should be like, yeah, like cheering in the theater. And they don't give us enough time to feel that. Um, yeah, and that's what I we think, should be feeling in that moment. I think they're playing it like the you know Return of the King eagles coming in, but in that moment, we're also switching back to Frodo and Sam because the eagles are just buying time at that moment. But, you know, and then like the Nazgul fly off once Frodo puts on the ring when he succumbs to the power of it. But it's just like so it's like those those scenes aren't comparable. Like, I know you're trying to do Lord of the Rings all over again, but they're not comparable scenes when you have like they we've established that this is just a diversion in Lord of the Rings. Like, we're not trying to win this fight. We're trying to clear the lands of uh, Gorgoroth and give him a clear path basically that's not what's going on this is the main conflict right here so give us those extra five minutes of showing an entire army getting decimated by the eagles like i'm okay with that not we're even already five deep minutes, in this like i'm here a couple i am shots. two and a half hours yeah. in i'm here for it so give, give me more bayorn action yeah but instead we get the eagles coming in we get two shots and then oh but uh as and thorin fate isn't done Thorin chucks the um, the rubble at Azog and hops off the ice. And oh, the no. only smart thing he does. I will yes. say that it yeah. is a very clever moment. And I don't know if it would have been a satisfying death for Azog. Maybe like the fight should have gone on and like Azog be on as like his last leg or something. But that is a satisfying end for me to that conflict. I don't need Azog super saning out of the ice. Like, yeah. We've we've defied a lot of logic in this series, so I'm not trying to nitpick that too much. But he literally, like, uh, what's that? The 13th year Disney movie, mermaids out of the freaking ice. <laughs> if, you know, uh, shout out to the five people that will know that reference. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, just like uh, I don't know, like it just like of all the things to keep showing, show me more Bayorn. I don't need more Azog versus Thorin. Like yeah. that's a clever way to end the fight because he is using an ill-advised weapon on ice. And you're utilizing the sur- the surrounding of it. Like, I thought yeah. that was the whole point of you guys fighting on this frozen lake. Yeah, but we needed Thorin to die. So, yeah. Azog, even after spending a full, like, 45 seconds at least in 
freezing cold water. Yeah, just bursts up through um, and gets on top of Thorin. And Thorin just kind of like, you can tell he's struggling and then just kind of lets Azog stab him. Azog senses the satisfaction. And then one, for the second his guard is down, Thorin stabs him right back. Because I, th- I, I do kind of like that in that moment. Thorin's like, I'm done for, but I'm going to get mine in. Um, yeah, it's like which he needs kind him of to a get nice... close. Yeah, like it was he kind needs of a nice to get twist. close to stab him. I, I did like that too. Like it, it did work where it's just like, I can't beat you. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, Ant-Man Quantumania is coming out and there's that line in that trailer that's just like, you can't win. He's like, I don't need to win. We just both need to lose. And that's basically right. what Thorin does. They just both yeah. lose. And it works. I like it. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool moment. Um, and then Bilbo wakes up and we get the iconic, the Eagles are coming. And he sees Thorin standing up, looking out over the field of battle, crumpling and we get a beautiful exchange between them that's just taken straight from the book. Um, and just bo- both amazing performances. I, again, when this movie does actual character-driven dialogue scenes, it's great. They're just letting the actors do the things that they're good at. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it, and Martin Freeman just kills it. Um, the, the cry he lets out um, is just, it's great. He made me care, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's sad. It was sad. I was tearing up. I didn't anticipate feeling that way. Um, but I just totally believe that it's hard to see where the friendship came between them if you're looking at the movie arc as a whole. But what they all went through still was a bonding situation. Um, and Martin Freeman sells it. Totally. Yeah. He does. And that's the thing that's it's it's so good. And then on the other hand, it's like frustrating where it's like you've sidelined this guy yes. for the last movie and a half. And it's like every time he gets the littlest thing to do, like, you know, we we yes, like that's such a small thing. And it's one of the best moments of the trilogy. And it's just like he's so good. He's so dialed in. And I'll never stop singing his praises of like he is the reason why these movies are salvageable and watchable is because of him. And like, I I think Richard Armitage does do a good job as well. Like we've seen very capable actors, dark Knight rises, uh, have (laughs) very bad death scenes. Um, and, uh, we've been a little tough on Richard Armitage this, this series, but he does have a very good death scene in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, and then we have Toriel and Keeley. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> cut to that. Um, what on the other hand, hurt. <laughs> but that's what they sucker punch us because they're like, "Oh, it sucks that Thorn's actually dying," and then you're still, for me at least, I was crying still, and I'm like, "And now here's here's Keely." I'm like, "Oh God, you're." Yeah. And then the tears went reverse up Jessica's <laughs> cheeks and sucked back into her eyes. <laughs> I've never had an experience like that before, <laughs> but like it's like almost. They almost fully is like, gotcha. Yeah, You're they're, they're crying trying to, because of both of them. Yeah, they're trying to like slip it in there, <laughs> yep, like yep, yep. ride the emotional wave. Yep. Oh, and um, you're going to cry more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's dirty. It's a dirty trick they're playing. Yes, it really is. Um, Yeah, so Toriel puts the stone back in his hand. She's like, they're going to bury him. Uh, And then we also, yeah, we get the why does it hurt? And then Thranduil 
just totally doubles back and he's like, because it was real. I know I said it wasn't real before, but I guess it's real now, even though why is it real? Uh, I don't know, but Lee Pace doing it makes it work. Like, yeah. if any, you give any, if like Orlando Bloom would have said that line, it wouldn't have worked, but him would be like, because it was real. Like, he just, oh, I just, no line is too little for Lee Pace. Everything is a sonnet out of Shakespeare, and I love the man for it. Uh, yeah, agreed. But then we sadly get the scene. I don't like this scene personally. Uh, Thranduil and Legolas talking, and he's like, Legolas says to Thranduil, I can't go back to, um, Mirkwood. So he's like, Well, where are you going to go? Maybe you should go to the north. There's a guy. His name is Strider. You should try and find him because he's important. Just I, okay. Going. I I have so many thoughts that I just need to get out. Okay. Good. I'm listening because this is this is the lore thing. Okay. I know this is minor quibbles, but they bothered me. I want to hear. Um, number one, at this point in time, uh, he would not have been known as Strider. He would have been 10 years old, which they do say he's young, so I'll give him that. He would have been Real 10 quick, years old. I, I just have to say, I can't wait to nibble on these quibbles. <laughs> <laughs> and me talking about... I didn't say I was better than you. I just, I just, I just had it. <laughs> Look, we're all terrible. No one's better than anybody. Nibbles is a great side podcast. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's a, that, that's a new segment for when we have nitpicks and quibbles. Let me nibble on this quibble real quick. All right, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Do that. Uh, no, it's no, that's great. Don't ever, ever okay. apologize for that. <laughs> Please. Uh, okay, so he would have been for for those who don't know the lore, he was uh, Aragorn's father. Uh, Arathorn uh, died when he was two years old, and he was sent to live in Rivendell with his foster father Elrond and his mother. So he would have been ten years old at this point. He would not have had the name Strider because he got that name when he went on his travels into the Shire and Bree and that area. That's where that that's what he was known as there when he had joined up with the Dunedain and the Rangers of the North, which didn't happen until he was 21 years old. And not even Aragorn knew his identity as the heir of Elendil at this point because it was kept secret from even him at his mother's request. So not even he knew. I mean, people knew the heir of Isildur was around, but would Thranduil have known, like, hey... This guy died eight years ago over like would that would news have reached him? Like it was a obscure line of like, ah, they haven't claimed the throne in so long. Why would Thranduil know about this? And why would he send his son, hey, go talk to this 10-year-old kid? Because he's important. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um I don't like it. It's again just one of those things of how can we tie in Legolas's arc? Like, we need to be like, and this is what Legolas went on to do. Uh, in the next film series that's already come out. Um, now, granted, I will say, we don't know specifically what Legolas did in the lead-up to The Lord of the Rings. All we really know for, about his history is from the Council of Elrond onward. So it is open. He could have met up with with Strider slash Aragorn, but the way that they do it at the end here of just Thranduil saying, hey, maybe you should go meet this kid, I don't understand why that would be on Thranduil's mind at all. The only thing I'll say is timeline wise is that doesn't this take place 60 years before Lord of the Rings? Um yeah, it's about about 60 years. Yeah. So Strider is 87 in Two Towers, wouldn't he be 27 at this point? So uh 
uh, the Hobbit is twenty nine forty one of the Third Age, and he was born, I think, in twenty nine thirty one. Okay, I'm just talking movie logic. I don't know what lore says, but like movie logic says, like he would be twenty seven at this time. Um, I don't think they changed the timeline of the movies. I mean, you know what? It's such a small, you know. Again, it's a minor quibble. Um, they easily could be like, actually, in the movie universe, The Hobbit took place 10 years later, and it wouldn't really change that much. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I mean, same thing. Like, they skip decades in Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, like in, the, 20... in the film version. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, maybe the 20 years does go by, and then, like, you know, he might be 17 or something. Or, you know, he could yeah. be. You know, yeah, he's 27. He could be seven right there. So Let, it's possible. Yeah, but let's, I, I mean, even... Even by the logic of, like, let's say he was known as Strider. Let's say he was older. We'll give him that. They can fudge the numbers. I just don't get why Thranduil would care about him and send yeah. Legolas. Like, it, there's no motivation for that. No, Because he was like, just yeah. uh, going around doing stuff. He was known by their names. He was doing good deeds and, and secretly, you know, helping uh, Gondor. Um, he was, like, known as Therongil, and he did stuff down there for Ecthelion. And, like silently fighting battles against the enemy why would he be on thranduil's radar i don't get it no no i I totally get what you mean because especially even in like oh that's a cool teaser they just kept going he's like there's a if you would have just said a ranger from the north i'd have been like oh okay yeah i get it but he's like he goes by strider he could like he's a good man in a few years he could be a great one and i'm like yeah Oh my God, Lee Pace, I love you so much, and you made that stupid line sound good, but it's still stupid. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Legolas is like, "What's his uh, What's his real name?" And then he's like, "You'll You'll find that out or whatever." Yeah, like, so, oh, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Stop it! Stop yeah, it! Just just beating the audience over the head with it. Just, if you just don't get absolutely what hammering about, the audience. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, really hate that. That's sort of the note we end on with Thranduil and Legolas. And I wish I wish the note we had ended on with Thranduil was him giving Bilbo the title of elf friend because that happens in the book and that's important to be an elf friend That would have been so much better as opposed yeah. to, hey, remember this movie that we made a lot of money on that this is the yeah. prequel for? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, like, oh, listen, like, oh, Thranduil, uh, go find the this man in the north, Strider. You can find him on Blu-ray, your local Best Buy. <laughs> There's a package deal for him. <laughs> and They're the extended on sale versions right now. are really yeah. even better. <laughs> but you'll have to find out the name of those <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a different time. <laughs> oh. uh, now streaming on HBO Max. <laughs> What's yeah. HBO Max? You'll find out in a few years. <laughs> it has a ring of truth about it. <laughs> right? Uh, it's just, it oh really my, rings like, true. But yeah. But this right after this is the really good kind of like PTSD shell shock moment of Gandalf and Bilbo, like him scratching his yeah. pipe out, like re, re, you know, tobaccoing his pipe. And it is like, it is just like a great, after just the wildness of this movie, just a great quiet moment that is much needed. Yes. It, even though like the tone of the violence and the action doesn't deserve and did not earn this sequence, like if the violence had been grounded and more realistic and you felt the horror of war, this scene would have worked much better. It still works, but yeah, it just like having a scene where it's just characters, it's just actors acting and characters having a moment with each other. That's not like advancing plot or anything. Yeah. It's just like, it's nice. It's like, Oh, this is what movies are like this. This is great. Yeah. It's just there. It's just being there. And it's it's good. It's the best scene in the movie. 
It is like it's thing. just two actors just like non-verbally communicating everything. And it's very in theme with it's true to like Tolkien and the theme of his stuff, which is war and adventure and stuff changes you forever and you you don't come back the same. Bilbo yep. doesn't come back to the Shire the same and Frodo definitely doesn't and the tone of those is much different. Bilbo's is more like, I went on an, advent- on an adventure. He also saw Horrors of War, but yeah. Um, so it, it it's really actually true to Tolkien, which I love. Whereas a lot of the stuff in this is not. <laughs> so. And in this one, I like it, it does say something I know that in the book, like Bilbo still goes through a lot in the book, but he gets knocked out immediately in yeah. he doesn't uh, see in the, the book. He doesn't see war. anything yeah. besides like the orcs literally like coming and then he puts on the ring, hides behind a rock and gets like hit by like a slingshot or something. Yeah. Um, but in this, like he sees like quite a bit of stuff even before he gets knocked out. And then he wait, like imagine like waking up and like, oh, you're dead. You're dead and you're dying. Oh, my God. What 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 happened? Yeah. Like one well, these these are the things that work for me. Right. Like that's mm. those are the changes that work for me. Like is Bilbo going to be out this entire time or does he get to see some things or was he there for Thorin's death? And so there's, there's those, there's certain changes that work, but then there's like certain stretches like Thranduil just like absolutely plugging his own stuff. It's really interesting. Imagine if they had sidelined Bilbo for this entire movie. And then like when you get to the the actual battle, they just knock him out right away and sideline him further. (laughs) Imagine what a wild choice that would have been. Yeah. Uh, like he's just going to be gone and knocked out for the back half of the movie. <laughs> uh, that would have been um, that would have been a bold yeah. choice. Yeah. You know, you're crazy, Peter, but I got to yeah. give it to you. Right. Um. So we get the post battle celebration. We get the big horns in Dale being sounded. We get a funeral ceremony for Thorin, Feely and Keeley. Uh, again, just great acting by Martin Freeman getting choked up at his uh, tomb, and we get the Arkenstone just prominently I don't, uh, again, laid on his I, breast. Maybe because like Dane is there, but I don't get why the men of Lake Town would throw a funeral for the man that would not let them in the mountain and wanted them to die a cold, freezing, starving death. I think they're separate. I think we just get the horns in Dale, and then we cut to inside Erebor. Okay. So I think they're both just kind of separately like the editing it's happening at the same time but i think they're both separately kind of having their own uh post-war uh rituals um but yeah we get the salute from dane and his people and then we get bilbo leaving with balin and he says his goodbye to the dwarves again just great heartfelt the don't bother knocking is great that is that is a like that whole speech he gives like you know T is at three, you know mm-hmm. don't bother knocking. Uh, it's so good. Martin Freeman just yeah. like, ah, uh, he's so good. I can't state that enough of how mm-hmm. much he just saves these movies and like and not like a oh he's like desperately trying to cling to like no he's just he's so natural. He never feels like he's trying. He's just he was just really born to play Bilbo. He really was. Yeah. He's so good in this movie and I, and I love him for it. Uh, and I love his get up here as Gandalf and Bilbo arrive at the Shire. He's he's kind of like just in his showing traveling that he gear. went through a bunch of stuff though too, right? Because yeah. he has like the he has the troll treasure and yeah. like 
it, he never looked like that to begin no. with ever. He's got the, he's got the shield on, he's got the cloak, he's got the chest under his arm like uh if I do a a cosplay as a Lord of the Rings character, I would want to do like that's my cosplay is. Everyone does like the Bilbo, you know, pre adventure yeah. with the coat I, I want bilbo post-adventure on his way back with the chest and kind of ill-fitting clothes but travel clothes like I, I just think he looks cool um and then we get the conversation with him and gandalf where he lies about the ring oh it fell out of my pocket again just we we talked about this with like the adaptation of the cartoon where gandalf just cheesily has the it has a ring of truth to it uh yeah and here we get more of that kind of, and then the look Gandalf gives him, like, you're just a small person in a wide, big world. And then he's like, all right, bye. And then Gandalf's like, I've got my eye. Like, the look he gives him is just, oh, it's a weird shift. Yeah. Uh, not like a, oh, you know, very positive. You're a small guy in a big world, and don't forget it, you know? But you have a big impact, too. Uh, it's it's weird. Um, but again, they got to they got to foreshadow the Lord of the Rings. So. It's it's just so much. It's like guys, we've all seen it. It's like the, yeah, the best trilogy all, of all time. <laughs> we all get it. He's got the yeah. ring, but just in case you forgot. Yeah. Um and and then uh I do like the auction sequence. Um uh, we get some uh fun moments uh where I uh they they drop a little easter egg of uh uh I I can't remember. Some someone putting their feet um, uh, Proudfoot putting his feet on something that's uh, being auctioned off, I believe. Well, doesn't he say my mother's glory box again? Like, yes. he, I think that's being walked away is his mother's glory box. It's like full oh, circle. Full yeah. circle is uh, he and begins and ends. Saxville Baggins just waiting for him to die, like always. Yes, which I love because uh, this is the first time we're seeing her. Um, her hat is insane. Her whole yes, getup is insane, the hat. but the hat, the hat is just crazy. No one else is dressing like that in the show. You see her in in Fellowship. I'm saying in in this trilogy. Oh, okay, got it. First got time it. we see her, uh, but yeah, we we see the older version of her yeah. in in the in the Lord of the Rings, um, and then we get Bilbo showing his contract to the auctioneer to prove his identity. He's saying, uh, "Don't worry, what it, what I was signing on for. Don't forget about the job or forget about the job title." And then we finally get Bilbo saying it where. Uh, the auctioneer is like, who's a Thorn Oakenshield? And he goes, he was my friend. Because I think there's a moment where he almost says that when he's like talking to Balin mm-hmm. when he's leaving, but he doesn't quite say it. It's implied. Um, and then he finally says it here. Uh, he walks into Bag End, finding it ransacked, but the handkerchief that he left behind is still there. Oh, and he picks God. it up, and it's monogrammed. and uh, And then he's fiddling with his pocket. And then he's looking concerned and he's fiddling with his pot. Oh no, what? And he's looking, oh. And then it cuts to Ian Holmes, Bilbo, fiddling with the ring and closing the loop. And it's literally just this, the opening scene from yep. uh, from Fellowship uh, with Gandalf coming to Bag End. Uh, again, yeah, don't like that they're playing up the effect of the ring on Bilbo. Like immediately when he gets home, he's like, oh, the ring, the ring, yeah. But I get why they're doing it because they want to do the full circle thing. But uh, we end, we end where we began. They they yeah, brought it all is, the way back around. Literally, right. Just in case you had any doubt of what this story was a prequel <sighs> of, like literally, yes. 
Gandalf knocking at the door when we leave uh, Ian home. And it works. It does. I, it's yeah. it's the I have no problem with it. It is what it is. We're already here. Let him happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. I wish we had gotten Elijah Wood one more time, being like, "That's hey, how I'm here I too. feel." That's that's I do feel that way. I'm like, we could have got we couldn't got the wood one more time, right? <laughs> Just gonna let that one go. You heard me. Absolutely. I will only be refer referring to Elijah Wood as, <laughs> as the, the wood, wood from now on. Oh, <laughs> uh, please, every everyone send him messages uh, with his new nickname. Hey, what's up, the wood? The wood, baby. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I did not realize he was 18 when they started filming. It is uh, wild how young everybody is. Like, I think Viggo Mortensen is now as old as Ian McKellen was no. when they filmed. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. I think I saw a TikTok of that the other day, and I was like, "Oh, that hurts." Speaking of TikTok, Ben, you're really super active over there. It's just fun. Like, you know, you see a video, you, you stitch it. You know, uh, some some Twitch clips are easy to make. There's a thing called Combo out there. You guys sign up through Twitch and it will oh. literally email you like if anybody clips something on your stream, it'll be like, hey, your clips are ready to be edited and you can go through there and edit your clips. It's like super easy because I was wondering like, you know, how people got like their camera at the top of it and yeah. like their stream content at the bottom. And it's it's just that easy. And you can add, like uh, you know, text and dialogue and then, you know, in the TikTok app. But yeah, it's it's a fun little app to be on. Like I'm not taking it too seriously. Like you know, if if something pops, then something pops. But if it doesn't, you know, I'm still having fun with it. That's awesome. So how could well people can find you everywhere under the same handle, the Ben Goddard. I did change my Twitch name to Ben Goddard TTV, but everything else is the no! Ben Goddard. No, I don't I know. know what to do now. Honestly, I know. It's so shook. Why? So shook. Why did you do that? I th you know what uh, I got good advice because when you open your emote thing, they're listed alphabetically. So uh. the Ben Goddard, I'm at the T's, and so now Ben Goddard, I'll be closer to the top, so people can use emotes easier. That makes a lot of sense. However, TTV, TTV is redundant, is it not? Twitch.tv. I understand now. You were I'm just saying you're Ben Goddard now. Yeah. You're not yeah, ben, like Goddard ben Goddard TTV. TTV. You because are, but ben, isn't that redundant though for Twitch? I mean, people just do that because like my name by itself wasn't available, so well, you just add there T. We go. Yeah, you add T. Andy you know, Campbell, like, GG. GG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you just add that to it, and it's just like an easy like, oh, it's a gamer thing, it's a Twitch thing. It, it totally is. It is for my Fortnite. Anyway, I'm such a nice person and not critical at all. Also, um, after hearing that advice, I'm changing uh, my username on Twitch to Triple A Solkatu. Yes. So twitch.tv slash triple A Solkatu. Just AAA, you, you mean? Aaron A. Anderson. Yeah, triple A Solkatu. God forbid you actually use your name, which is Alex. Like, you could actually do that. Nah. No, okay. Yeah, because right. Alex did raid me and I forgot his Twitch name. I was like, <laughs> thanks, uh, Solkatu. And everyone was who's like, this guy. Who's this? Who's this guy? Thanks for the random raid, weirdo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it is weird. I've got to tell you. And, uh, I knew Solkatu for two years, so when I was falling in love with Solkatu, I had to stop saying Solkatu. <laughs> it was it was it was a a rough transition for a couple of months. I don't think he knew it, but I was going, "Hello, Alex." <laughs> it was really hard. Love there was it, like even a time it. where I was like, "Can I refer to you as Alex on stream?" Anyway, it was a lot. Uh, Alex, where can they find you? Speaking of Solkatu. Uh, for real, I'm not changing my username. Twitch.tv slash Solkatu. That's S-O-L-K-A-T. 
T-U. And I'm also on Twitter. I'm active on there sometimes. Twitter.com slash Solkatu underscore. Because Solkatu was taken. So I'm just a little, a little spice on the end of it. That's right. And Ben, so you are mostly the Ben Goddard everywhere. And now you're Ben Goddard TTV on Twitch. That's right. We got you for one more episode, Broski. We're going to wrap out our feelings of the the whole trilogy itself, our feelings on The Hobbit, uh, what we feel it could have been if it was only two uh, movies long, maybe a little bit of reflection on what would have happened if Guillermo del Toro got to finish mm-hmm. his. Um, who the heck knows? It's just going to be a fun one. So what we really want for you, the audience, is let us know what your overall thoughts of all three films are, and we might just refer to you in the um, in the podcast. Actually, I just totally forgot to talk about something Brett, Brad Grenz tweeted us about, but that will work for next week's podcast. So, uh, Alex, where are the places they can find us on the internet? You can send your thoughts to podcast of the rings at gmail.com in email form or if you prefer tweet form that short form you can go to twitter.com slash pod of the rings and if you want to support the show and pledge at any level we still are waiting on someone to pledge at the one ring level and get a custom t-shirt you can go to patreon.com slash pod of the rings or just go to podcast of the rings.com to find all the stuff it's all aggregated there so just go there and check everything out that's one way to do it uh gentlemen this is a pleasure for the audience and myself and ben you say and until next time and until next time (laughs) so natural may our roads meet again trying to put my lee pace into it yeah it worked it worked